Welcome to Hi Bob, the officially unofficial for all mankind podcast on Apple TV Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season three, episode six, titled New Eden. Uh, Aaron, what do you think about this episode? Uh, another pretty good episode of For All Mankind. Um, it's frustrating to see our alternate universe 25 year ago compatriots uh, struggle with a lot of issues that I don't know. I guess I would say I thought we're we're kind of moved on. Maybe they're we're we're, we're bringing that back off the shelf to to relitigate in, in the culture. But um, I thought the Mars stuff is great. I love seeing life on Mars. Um, I really enjoy the intrigue and tension between the three different factions. Um, I like seeing Danielle settle into a role as commander. She's a very uh. Danielle seems like she's a, a real big all right people type of person. You know, she's got that shop teacher energy like, all right, people, it's three o'clock into period. Get the broom, start sweeping up. You know, like it's uh, come on, people. Let's go, people. All right, people. Uh, that's that's her command style. Except there's another um, shop teacher in the class. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. Except there's another <laughs> douchier shop teacher that's 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 ca- uh, cabbaging on all of her supplies and, mm-hmm. and half of her students and resources. And she just has to sit there and take it. Um, although maybe not. Um, yeah. I, I thought that there's some really good, like dejected Ed planting the Helios flag second on the on how like just you, you know that meme where they have Jurassic Park music to play over something majestic and then they show like the reality of something that's that's not as good and they play like the shitty recorder version <laughs> like like a, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a se- seven like it felt like that like the the Star Spangled Banner of the of the U.S. flag and then the Soviet flag underneath it and then Ed and you know are just playing their second place Helios not even a real country flag I thought that was funny what do you think of this episode Yeah I liked it Um I, I don't know. I assume like the the stuff about uh, Will and Ellen and Larry, all that stuff is the relitigation that you're talking about, which I quite yes. liked. I mean, I thought like, uh-huh. yeah, it's an issue we haven't actually dealt with on the show. You know, we it's been brought up. Um, it's been hidden in the closet, so to say, so to speak. And we haven't actually addressed it head on. I found it. You know, it, it is roughly tracking ish with where we came to uh in the real world with that stuff so i I don't know what they're going to do that's like extra here um it seems like there's going to be a whole plot revolving around like revealing that larry is gay and like helen having to deal with that and like is that gonna blow up her spot it's it has to it, it has to yeah um so i i don't know i'm interested to see where that goes i i i find that very emotionally affecting for everyone involved um yeah. And so I'm I'm in for that, too, when the show wants to go there. Uh, but, yeah, as far as like the science and, and uh, planetary landing stuff, I thought it was great. Uh, I Margo, how do you how do you feel about Margo in this episode? Because she is like. I, I don't know, I, I'm very quickly turning on Margo. She's becoming one of my one of the characters I'm most angry at. Yeah, like she's she's well, willing to do all the things that like. Ellen's not willing to do with the funding of NASA, right? She's like bribing people with just peeling off a little bit of funding so that she can get her personal shit right. in order. And it's like, I don't know between that and what she did to Molly. I, I'm starting to turn on her and, and you know, I being a Russian spy, all that also. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I feel like I, I turned on her early in the season and then last episode kind of turned me back just because, you know, she's laying on Mars and, 
and uh, the you know anytime the Russians uh, out douche an American, it's easy to sure. kind of like be sympathetic towards your fellow country man or woman. But yeah, um, all this stuff that she's cloaking in a natural in, a national interest that are really just her personal interests, yeah. and the fact that she is wheeling and dealing with the NASA budget as she, you know, um, it is it is an oligarchy, um, and it doesn't seem like it's going to survive this season. Uh, there's going to be so yeah, much immense right? pressures. Um, Ellen is going to like if like yeah, I can't even imagine. You you say like it's. So one of my one of my theories are a lot of the social trends in this show, the ones that are accelerated is because it's something we're in direct competition with the USSR. The reason we mm-hmm. are comparatively further ahead in sexual uh, gender politics in this fictional 1995 is because the Russians were particularly egalitarian in that, um, you know, recognizing women, scientists, engineers, astronauts way yeah. before, you know, we did. Um, Russia is not especially pro LGBT even today, let mm-hmm. alone back in the eighties and nineties. So they did not push us on that. Therefore, America is, you know, making n- n- hardly any progress, uh, in that, in that regard. Yeah. So like, it makes sense that it is going about the same way. The only difference is like, if you yeah, imagine if Bill Clinton and, and, and Hillary Clinton were like secretly the gay, mm-hmm. And that came out in the mid nineties um, that, and I, I wonder like, will Roger Moore ever play with a scenario where America becomes more backwards because of a historical butterfly flap? Like, will this actually set, you know, yeah, America here's, Oh my God, they've infiltrated us at the highest ranks. And it's like, there's still some AIDS hysteria in 95. Yeah. Apparently uh, that's a yeah. good question. I, I don't know. We'll see what kind of toys he's playing with here. Because so far, it's only been like he shows where we have advanced, yeah. like in terms of female empowerment, in terms of even, I think, uh, racial dynamics. Is that something that the USSR always all hit the United States on? But these other ones, I wonder if like there'll be a reactionary where, you know, when we catch up to the 2015s, 2020s, the American that future is decidedly less pro LGBT. Not that America, by any stretch of imagination, <laughs> universally is pro LGBT, but like right, right. we've come a long way oh, yeah. since I've been a kid anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I wonder if he will have that kind of, uh, you know, more through the dark side of the mirror than just reflecting it back at us. Yeah, I mean, that would that would make a lot of sense, right? Those butterfly flaps don't go in one direction. They kind of flap all over the place. Um, the o- the only choppy. reason, the only reason I guess he wouldn't is because like, I imagine it'd be pretty brutal as an, like uh, a gay or lesbian or trans fan of for all mankind to watch mm-hmm. the world become even more punitive and to have that to look forward to. But yeah, that's, uh, and also if you're trying to create an aspirational show, you wouldn't want to do that, right? Like star Trek wouldn't want to have an episode right. where Picard was just like, uh, yeah, being gay actually is bad. <laughs> that that would be kind of against the ethos of the show. So, yeah, it depends yeah. on what Just kind be, of show. As we're that watching. is a knee jerk reaction, right? Um, although uh, they Picard did have plenty of knee jerk reactions to things. Like I think that he uh, didn't want to grant personhood to the Borg, which you know I can understand mm-hmm. with his experiences. Mm-hmm. But also he was a little a little fuddy duddy about Data's the nature of Data's personhood. I thought maybe. Okay. Yeah. But but yeah, that's usually in an analog. It's not like there's ever an episode where Picard's like, you know, in the 24th century, this gay thing still makes me uncomfortable. I'm just I just I just don't know. Right. I just don't know. Number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 tough when you're 
when you're uh, yeah I, I'm not sure how it'll it'll come out in the wash and if it is if it is some kind of knee jerk reaction or anything I'm sure more will eventually bring it around to how that eventually I mean I that, that's I, I I guess would be one of the things I would think is in the show's DNA that progress is inevitable you can delay it you can subvert it could be you can redirect it but like you know the the what's that quote the the moral arc of the universe bends in a pretty consistently good direction i suppose yeah and there's going to be regression on some topics every once in a while sure like it happens um so yeah it's not a straight line how's the danny stuff not danielle pool how's the danny uh-huh. stuff hitting you uh i kind of just wish they'd get to it already um i, I mean danny losing his shit up there and I, I I'm really really annoyed that the hacker guy has not said anything because he clearly knows he clearly knows that Danny was up to no good and he said nothing. Danny's over there watching all his messages, uh, all of Ed's messages, yeah. and I'm just like, God, somebody do something about this because this is a problem that is brewing. Ed knows it. Uh, hacker guy has to know it. That's the thing is Ed is cottoning on that there's a problem, but he is seeing it all through the lens of Gordo, which right, is right. only at best half the piece of the puzzle here. Yeah, like he's not man enough to do this mission or whatever. Um, right. But yeah, the, the right real stuff. issue is that he's also dealing uh, with being up there with the guy whose wife he slept with. So and and still wants to sleep with it's. It's weird and gross. Um, it's a literal Ed. He puts the Ed in the Oedipus complex like he. <laughs> Yeah, there's a big, uh, uh, he's my daddy, but I hate him, and I love my, yeah, there's a lot of, I, and the thing is, what's, it's like what's it the reverse Oedipus complex, where, like, you have uh, somebody who you feel is your son, but also isn't. Danipus? I don't know. <laughs> Danipus, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if Shakespeare wrote anything like that. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I'm, um. I'm kind of I, the other thing is like the further we get away from like the Karen, like it, it, the more it becomes abstracted to just kind of like a space madness or tension or because mm-hmm. like I said, I even without the Karen stuff, I think they could have made uh, this into a solid like you're treating me like my dad. That's already an unreasonable expectation. Uh, I'm my own person like it, it, I, I think there's all the stuff they they didn't need to drag <laughs> poor Karen into this. But yeah, I don't know. They have. What are you going to do? And now you got pills involved. That's and stealing from the the medicine locker. So I, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's going bad fast. But I'm kind of like getting a little impatient with it. Also, yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely going to cause a disaster of some kind. Mm-hmm. It's the only question is, you know, what and is it going to affect materials? Is it going to affect nation states? Is it just going to affect <laughs> right. like people's lives? Like, um, that we don't know. Yeah, we'll see. All right, uh, why don't we get into the recap? Let's do it. All right, we start off um, kind of where we left things last week with Sojourner. Uh, we find out it's pretty damaged from the landing. It wasn't it wasn't that smooth of a landing. Um, it's it's no longer sky worthy, let's say. Um, and the astronauts are moving what they can uh, over to the Hab site. They're gonna they're gonna come back for more later. But then Ed lands and he's second again and they each plant their respective flags on Mars. 
Can I ask you if you've noticed their ridiculous spacesuits yet? Or did you spend another episode not noticing <laughs> How the Michelin Man get-ups? I doubt did you not notice last episode. I, I, they didn't have the hero shot of Ed walking into the hab. Uh, you needed a good year symbol on him to know that he looks like a blue blimp. <laughs> I, so I, I went back and I watched the fifth element. And I and so it was fresh in my mind when I saw the the aliens right. in the fifth element. That this right. suit is nothing but one of those. Uh huh. Right, those sarcophagus yeah, well, fucking the, dude. The hero shot of him coming in that hab, and he's as yes. wide as he is tall, is <laughs> comedy. Is such comedy. I'm surprised he fit through the airlock. Frankly, <laughs> it was designed for NASA folk, not Helios. Yeah, I feel like, like all the, I feel like the rushing the suits backwards. Like the armholes don't. <sighs> work the way they should i i know physically it works out but like it feels wrong to me when i look at it it looks like they're trying to do more of a like a rigid body almost diving bell type of approach which yeah. would solve a lot of issues we talked about the pressurized sure. gloves being a problem with fine digit manipulation and if you have these kind of hard articulated joints you might not have that problem mm-hmm but oh man, it just does not look cool. <laughs> no, it would be a lie if, if Mars, Mars becomes a battlefield. It's a liability. Yeah, you're three dudes wide. You were gonna b- soak bullets, man. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's crazy. Any, any hit on Mars is a is a good hit. We we talked last week about Sojourner and like looked like it was a hard landing, and man, there was like boulders mm-hmm. and ridges and everything. It's worse than that. If Sojourner landed like 20 feet backwards, it would have fully ruptured the hole. And I think everyone oh, dies. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like they're lucky that they only took out the engines. Yeah. Um, this is like a shipwreck dashed on the rocks. It's yeah. It's crazy. Their, yeah. their engines are almost peeled off on the back. Yeah. They're at a 45 degree angle. I don't mm-hmm. think that is, is any longer space worthy. Um, so now we've got what I thought was going to happen three episodes ago, but it's going to happen, I guess on the way re- back, which is one big lifeboat returning to, to, to earth. Um, yeah, I find this idea super interesting because you've got a commander of the lifeboat who is altruistic and willing to help out his fellow astronauts at all costs. He's willing to take them home. You've got, but he's got a tenuous grasp on his own ship. If there is some update that happens uh, surreptitiously mm. from Helios ground control, he might not have that option. And Dev is not the guy who's going to sit around and rescue people while there's money and prestige on the line. So mm. I, there's a lot of leverage here that Helios now has. And I wonder yeah. if Dev is going to press that at all. Yeah, I would think that you could charge. Certainly, you could present NASA a bill for like rescuing their people, <laughs> and sure. that bill could be astronomically high, and they kind of have to force to pay the force to pay it. And and they know uh, NASA has all this extra money, right? So right, yeah, yeah, they can afford it. Um, I really, I really like the vague, um like country western theme they're going for the cowboy music throughout the episode even the hmm. atmospheric kind of like uh, composed for the show music it's very blue ga- grass and twangy and you know being out on the range kind of feeling hmm. uh yeah because it does feel like much more of a wild west than i i wonder why that is why does it feel like more like a wild west town than than uh, jamestown ever did is it because it's truly like the Russians and Americans and the pri- living on top of each other? 
It could be. Uh, I, I honestly think like the coloration of the planet has something to do with that. It it does feels much very... more like a, a desert or a you know a rugged. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it looks New Mexican. It looks New Mexican. It does. It does. Like that could easily be filmed in Tahajali. Hell, it might have been. Yeah. You know, like the the, the red dust and the mesas and the, the yeah. It's it's very Western uh-huh. for sure. Um, I, I found it interesting that, like you said, the, the landing with Ed is very like lackluster, right? He's, he's sad Ed putting up a sad flag in his sad landing <laughs> really site. Is. And I, in his sad fucking spacesuit, <laughs> right? <laughs> it, it's, it, so, I mean, that is the contrast here, right? Like they, NASA got there first, NASA got there better equipped first, but that's going to change, I think, as Helios brings down the their dynamics. mobile habs. Um, yeah. They're going to have the better support. They have potentially more supplies because they have a much larger ship. They have more people. They have a lot more, uh, potentially a lot more resources at their command. Um, I wonder if that's going to be a tension later. Like, yeah, we're helping out NASA now, but, you know, as they become more established, they might not feel like they need to. Yeah, it reminds me of like sometimes being first in the market, it might be good for the history books, but mm-hmm. it's rarely good long term economics. Sure. You know, and NASA getting there first, but they have no water. They're struggling to scrub their CO2. They've got meager supplies. It does feel like the, you know, that the, the, this is like Karen was saying, this is still very much a race mm-hmm. you know the exciting history book part is over but who is actually going to get a first successful colony who's going to get something that economically makes sense yeah yeah and we get the the news covering the landings and they're talking about that too how it's now a race to find water um and we see that danielle's crew is rationing water they're down to a half gallon per day they haven't found any yet uh and they're having all kinds of trouble and if you don't know, as a as a backpacker, a half gallon a day is something else, especially since that's like that's not just your personal use, your hydration, even like, you know, wash. It's like literally everything. And hydrating food takes up so much goddamn water. Hmm. Like it's it's th- this is not good. In fact, I don't think you could sustain it for very long without your astronaut starting to to waste away. Um I wonder if they're going to get like Mark Watney on this where like the NASA people will be like losing weight and black circles on their eyes. And I thought you were saying like, oh, they're going to break down their fuel for uh, CO2 and uh, or for for hydrogen and oxygen and make their own water. I thought there's a little bit of a false dilemma here in the news reporting because they're talking about um Helos is just now starting to make the return fuel. That was, you know, the NASA was all about the pre-supply, the Robert Zubrin case from Mars, where you send automated laboratories that go ahead and start making your oxygen. And I don't mm-hmm. know why NASA doesn't have a ready supply of water there. I guess it was only designed for four people uh, or six, and that's an eight. But the one that I really had a question is, if NASA has enough methane for their return trip, why the hell can't Helos have it? Like there's this thing is like, oh, Helos has to start making the fuel. Well, NASA has a lake of fuel and it's methane. They're both methane engines. I'm not really sure what the problem would be there. I felt like a fault, a bit of a false dilemma. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. They, they do have. Are there are there fuel systems compatible? Is that. Because I, I mean, know they were with like, the so Russians. Methane's methane, but you might sure, be like sure. if, if, if they have 
like the hoses aren't compatible. But my God, with oh, two yeah. years, you'd think you could fabricate. I've seen Apollo 13. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They'd Duct be able tape. to do something. Yeah. A couple of couple of air scrubber filters. Yeah. Save all your bendy straws from your high seas and mm-hmm. your tangs. We're going to be using those. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm surprised what? about is that the news wasn't replaying this footage over and over of Danielle and the Russian cosmonaut getting mm. on to the surface if, frame by frame and analyzing right. who actually touched Martian soil first. Like. That's what would happen nowadays. They would be this pissing contest, like frame by frame. You're right. You know, uh, fucking who's who's the other Z? This is a pruder style, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, but Daniel's Daniel's arm goes back into the left here, and she actually touches ground behind the the Soviet. Yeah, it's like an instant replay in football, except for the stakes are the history books. So right. yeah, rewind right. that. How many angles we got? Um, I got a kick out of the Democratic or the Democrat uh, Bill O'Reilly, um, like crowing and taking credit like, oh, we did this. And we were, you know, he was all he's he was anti NASA until they got a win. And now he's going to be super pro NASA. And yeah. if they had cratered in, you'd know he'd also be decrying the expense and how stupid it was. And all. it's like, yeah, it's it's interesting to see that part of the through the looking glass. And I'm curious to see how more develops that. It uh, seems like his thesis is anyone would be, de- you know, everyone's desperate to hold on to the levers of power. And it doesn't matter which party is would would, would be in power. It's just it's, you know, I, I, I'm curious to see how that develops and what people's appetite is for that kind of storyline. Sure. Um, the, the tensions are definitely a little high there um, in the NASA camp. And then we go over to. The Helio space where Ed sends a message to Karen about why he didn't land, which Danny intercepts and thinking about later causes him to make a mistake with the drill, which puts a hole in his suit and his hand. And he has to he's supposed to go up to orbit due to protocol here. And Ed starts questioning about the accident and gets just a bunch of attitude from him. I will say I wondered when he put his hand there. I don't think he disabled the drill motor. And I thought for a split second that that was going to take a core sample of his hand. <laughs> Is this Chekhov's core sample? Because the fact that I'm almost certain that he did not disable and do things safely. He did. Oh, it, yeah. And the fact that he's going to be high as a kite through for a few. Do you think this is going to happen again? Only it's going to be a lot, lot worse. Probably. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of mistakes you can make in space, and true, Danny is not in his right mind at the moment. Do you think it's insane to give an astronaut Tylenol codeine for a hand cut? Um, no, because I think astronauts usually have quite a bit of discipline, and I don't think that they are going to go overboard with the codeine. <laughs> But it's but it's, it's, it's like uh, you got a headache. Here's some morphine, you know, sure. like, yeah, given an opiate for essentially, uh, you know, I don't because I don't know. They didn't really show the hand. Maybe it's cut really bad. But even mm. like, yeah, it just seems insane to. But I guess I remember when the opiates for like the, you know, the oxycodines and stuff like that first came out, mm-hmm. like they were hailed as like, well, no one will ever have to feel pain again. We have so, so much great pain management techniques and ah. And it's like, oh, shit, it's it's actually an opiate and it's highly addictive, too. Yeah. Um, maybe it reflects the idea that like, oh, yeah, well, you, why should you feel any pain? Here you go. Here's some codeine. Sure. But uh, and if he's off duty, I, I guess it's not it's not as bad as if they need him at the console, but they might need him at the console that's at the any thing. moment. You know, 
Yeah, like like that would take you off active duty and back to the Phoenix um, more so than the wound itself. But um, yeah, yeah. as we'll see as a pattern, uh, Ed's going to make a special exemption for a special boy. Mm-hmm. And it's going to do the exact opposite of what he wanted to do. Yeah, this uh, this message that he intercepts is pretty brutal. Whether you're Danny or Karen. Uh, I don't because for Karen, she's like hearing that he made you know, this exception for a kid that he views as his son when in fact he's, you know, betrayed him pretty significantly. And then for Danny, it's like, boy, I've, I've betrayed this man and he views me as a son, right? It's like bad all around. Uh, Shame. Shame is the worst, man. It really makes you do a bunch of shitty things. We need the, we need the hacker guy to step up. Come on, man. You know, something's up. Tell Ed. Whatever. I wanted to point out, um, did you notice that the Martian HAB modules are clones of the 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 Jamestown HAB modules? Huh. And I thought, like, well, that's kind of chintzy. But they established it because they're moving up everything two years that they were essentially stealing an expansion from Jonestown to do this. Nice. So it saves a shit ton of budget mm-hmm. because these are just slightly redressed J- uh, Jamestown sites. And it makes sense within the historical fiction of this universe. So, yeah. Nice it, job, guys. I nice mean, job. If you got Habs at work, why wouldn't you use them? Yeah. I don't know. I'm all for it. All right, Margot tries to talk Nelson, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, eh, forget his last name, we'll get it later, uh, into bringing Sergei to the U.S. And in exchange, she offers him some NASA funds for military use. The F-22 project she's going to she's gonna fund. Yeah. Um, I This is where I start to turn on Margot. Ooh, doing a black ops on Russian soil... Like this is some real Tom Clancy shit, and it's high risk. Oh yeah. Um, if that gets out, like you have a instant diplomatic uh, crisis on your hand, worldwide security crisis, and oof, oof, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> I don't know. It's tough because like the Russians attacked Americans in their moon base, so like <laughs> there's you know a little turnabout is fair play here stuff. But as a response of taking one of their guys prisoner, eh, essentially. Yeah. We, I mean, we, yeah, fucked we, up. Shot, we shot first, but burnt one of their dudes alive, critically wounded the there other. There was an took escalation here that uh, yeah. was maybe not warranted, but all right. Uh, right. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's tough to say, but um, yeah, Margo, Margo taken, continued to uh, do the old face heel turn. Uh, yeah. It'd be one thing if she was actually, working on a goal that I felt was worthy, but like, and I, I feel bad for Sergey, right? I don't want him to be tortured in a, uh, KGB prison, but at the no. same time, this is all personal and it's getting in the way yes. of her doing her actual job. Yes. They, they made their bed. They knew the whole time what they're doing was wrong and morally compromised. Mm-hmm. And if it's the fate of the world versus Margot and Sergey, I'm taking the fate of the world. Sorry. Uh, you think Ellen and Margo are going to uh, butt heads a little bit over this funding stuff? Because Ellen was very anti giving away NASA funding last. Well, episode. but like if I guess against NASA's will. Yeah, I don't. 
there's so much obvious friction that could happen. Like if Margot gets outed as a spy, if mm-hmm. Ellen gets outed as a lesbian, like it seems like both of these seemingly very powerful people, uh, their feet are made of clay and they have yeah. some some weaknesses there. And I think it's pretty telling, you know, what Margot was saying about Ellen last episode, right? Like she's not one of us anymore. Um she's like mad with power or you know whatever she has she's completely forgotten all the shoulders of giants that she stood upon all the breaks that she got and she's thinking everything is uniquely her vision and she's become this yeah she's become a queen of this fiefdom and it's uh i mean it's not democratic to say the the least oh no um yeah and then we watch uh leda looking at the russians in mission control uh with trepidation just a quick shot there. And well, then, do, you, do you think they're they're because like Aleda was always coded in the early seasons as troubled, uh, particularly kind of like paranoid delusion type of thing. Mm-hmm. They're not playing this at all because like, yeah, these Russians are doing shady shit. They're whispering. They're writing in Cyrillic. Yeah. They're passing notes uh, behind the teachers. But like, um, I you know, it's like, are you paranoid if they're really out to get you? But I wonder if there's going to be. If, if that's going to interface with this to make it a lot worse, because it seems like she's very impulsive. Like she didn't mm-hmm. wait for permission to tell Danielle about this. She just went off and did it. Yeah. And Margot didn't try to stop her. I don't know. Maybe that's her ultimate authority. But um, I, I, I wonder if Aleda's paranoia is going to mix with this actual paranoid situation somewhat volatilely. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, then Karen visits Dev in the middle of a very heated meeting. Um, or I guess I, I, I don't know he's arguing with his investors or his board or somebody um, she tells him that the Russian space program wants a meeting with Helios and that she's willing to come back as long as she can be the COO and have an office she's looking for a she's... more traditional corporate structure here <laughs> well yeah I mean as we found out last episode Helios is very traditional like uh like she said the the lack of titles just serves to keep you in you know perpetual charge of everything uh-huh um i wonder but coo is certainly subordinate to the ceo so dev will still be the boss of karen mm-hmm. i thought maybe they were t- trying to set her up to be analogous to like margo maybe but i don't think so so i'm not exactly sure what she it, it might be just like it's a win that she's changing the culture just reflect reality and like you know helios won't be that special quote unquote after you know she colonizes them i don't know yeah we'll see not sure where they're going with that um i was a little surprised to see karen going back to helios at all given what she said about you know it, uh, enjoying building something from the ground up i feel like dev has already built this thing now i know there's a lot of building to do on Mars. And I think that's what that's she what ultimately wants to be part of is what she's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, that's, that's the path to it. Cause you're not going to just go over to NASA and make them an offer to work with them. Right. Right. So that could work out. Um, then we get some interviews with the NASA crew. And during these interviews, Will decides to reveal that he's gay to, to the world. Everyone. Uh, and, and you can kind of see it like in these um, shots where he's out looking at the horizon on Mars. He's having some kind of existential transformation, right? Um, 
and he's just like he's looking at this new world and just thinking is he thinking like this is our blank slate this is our opportunity here to make this place so. better there's definitely like the from. last time there was a new world discovered and people came over they were fleeing religious persecution um because it turns out they're religious nut jobs and <laughs> uh-huh. everybody in england and europe is like you need to you need to put a we're trying to go through an enlightenment here people you need to put a pause on all this shit uh and this is kind of like the reverse, you know, like this kind of new Eden, a new tree of knowledge. Uh, we're going to relitigate what we think society is all about. I, it seems natural to have those kind of thoughts mm-hmm. when you see this pristine world untouched by humans. Like, how could we do things better? Um, and yeah. it's, yeah, it's such an interesting way to, for the show to talk about like intersectionality. Like they, there's like, you know, that conversation with Danielle and Will, is like a textbook example of that, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But mm-hmm. yeah, I thought, I thought that, that's what I was thinking. Cause like uh, when I was watching with Jack and, and Cecily and they're like, Oh my God, is he ha- getting space madness? So I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know what it was. I'm like, no, I think there's something else brewing here. It feels more like hope than, but yeah. then by the end of the episode, uh, that, that might've changed a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's still up in the air. Uh, but we'll see how that, how that comes back down. Um, there is fallout though on earth. Um, Ellen is trying to deal with it and her, both her vice president and the chairman of joint chiefs, uh, say that it's a political disaster. Um, and personally, obviously this is a very difficult position for Ellen. Yeah. Politically, it seems that the Democrats she needs to hold together to pass this jobs bill are going to be split by this uh this this uh gay bombshell being thrown by will and the vp that we spotted as very conservative is Mm -hmm. all up in arms about this um yeah he views it as a moral issue yeah and an electoral one that there's no way that republicans if they are allowed to be painted with this brush that they can have electoral success in the future so (laughs) Hmm. interesting um yeah, here's one of the, one thing that they're they're talking you know about this and that that guy the VP says like we can't have this you know people children look up to astronauts and I'm just like yeah and that's exactly why it needs to happen because your backwards ass ideas uh, are not being challenged by the people that children look up to and therefore the the mind change that needs to happen is is not happening. Well, I think that's the thing is like when I look at this culture wars, it's not that conservatives don't think that like uh, representation works They're They know it does, mm-hmm. which is why they are dead set against it, because like if, you know, uh, any type of other, if you hang around with them enough, you realize, oh, we actually have much more in common than we have the few things that might divide us or might be different about us. And, and their differences uh, become less scary, too, right? Because they're less yeah, foreign. It gets normalized, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of concern on bo- both sides of the political aisle about things being normalized. Good, you know, good and bad. Sure. You know, I think I mean, yeah. yeah, obviously, I don't want some things to be normalized. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, every time there's an election, you don't like fucking trying to, to overthrow the government. <laughs> Uh, but right. some things like, you know, getting getting more uh, queer youth uh, out in the, you know, uh, out in the media eye, taking uh, taking uh, uh, participating in politics, all that stuff, that kind of representation. I'm all for. So mm-hmm. that's that's why they call it a culture war. <laughs> you got both sides fighting over the same kind of intellectual, philosophical battlefield. Sure. 
uh it's bradford that's the joint chief of staff's uh chairman's name and you'll recall that he has been he was the nasa Mm -hmm. liaison and as the nasa star continues to rise he's rose along because if he's the on the chairman he is like other than the president of the United States, uh, you know, he, he and, and his his fellow generals and admirals are the U.S. military. Mm-hmm. Um, he's extremely, extremely important. Yeah, there's only one person in Washington without a boss, and he's only got one boss, that person. Yep. Over at Happy Valley Base, which is where NASA is, uh, Will tells Danielle why he came out while on the mission. And despite understanding, she's still pissed off that he didn't consider how it would impact their mission. Uh, this, this is a pretty good conversation. I like this. Um, I, I think, uh, like, obviously, Will has the right of it here. And Danielle mm-hmm. is being a little bit less understanding than I would like her to be. Um, but also, she's not experiencing the same things in this moment that Will is. So... So I, I talk about this word intersectionality, which is this theory about how privileges and um, uh, what is the opposite of privileges? I forget. Uh, disadvantages? I don't know. Disadvantages? Whether well, that, that's made pleasant or bad, but, but things outside the minority's purview, um, uh, outgroup signifiers, whatever. Uh, the way it's not like, okay, you're just a calculus of, well, if you're black, you're this, and you're gay, you're this, and if you're black and gay, but... It's definitely like Danielle thinks that she can understand Will through the lens. of. In fact, she thinks that she might even be like, like being gay is better because it's like a cloaking device. You can you can turn it on and off at will, you know? Yeah. She, and, and I, like like there's so much in Will's response to that. Right. Um, right. And, and he doesn't say it. But like if you think about it for a second, she's asking him. She, she's saying like you can hide who you are. You can hide. Which is a psychological hell of its own right? making, too, right? And I I don't know if she understands that. I, I don't know. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's, it is a disadvantage in America to be a black man. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a disadvantage to be a gay man. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a completely different type of experience you get as being a black man gay man sure and then it's also entirely different to be like what it's like to be a, a black gay woman uh or to be a disabled uh gay white person you know like those mm-hmm. types of things intersect in strange ways and that's where uh i think a lot of people um who are new to kind of that intersectionality are going to be like danielle and think that like oh i can always generalize to and you see this is white people too like when you try to bring up privilege and they all talk about their disadvantages well i grew up this way i grew up well that's not the point sure. the point is you know what are your probabilities in a society of being able to move without uh, and, and, and make this decisions and actions without anything, you know, constraining your freedom to do so, you know, the less of those uh, disadvantages or outgroup signifiers you have, the more free you're going to be able to do whatever the hell you want. The more those things intersect in your life, the more you're going to be put under a microscope. You're going to be held back. You're going to be told that you can't do this. You can't do that. Um, and yeah, it's why it's so deeply, frustrating because they can agree about things about what it's like to be black in America, but yeah. he doesn't know what the struggle of to be a woman and to, to go through a, a very male oriented thing like NASA mm-hmm. and buck all those trends. And she has no idea what it's like to be gay. 
Yeah. And that's the the frustration. You can see that they're that they they have all this common stuff, but they don't know how they don't know how to talk about it, they don't know how to use it. Yep. And the idea that like, you know, she's like she's also says, Well, this is NASA. If you have a problem, you run up the chain of command. Being gay? Hey, <laughs> is that a problem? <laughs> They, they would run that up the chain to command and he would have right. gotten summarily, you know, like he wouldn't have made discharged. it to NASA. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought this stuff, this this, this, and the conversation with Larry and Ellen later on about how they back, they, 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 they back, what is it? Reverse engineer, don't ask, don't tell. Uh-huh. In this universe, I thought these things are really interesting and and uh, important for people to understand about how um, uh, politics and culture in America works. Sure. Yeah. It's, and it's a pretty nuanced. Look at it, too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so the Russian Lenara, the head of their program, visits Helios with information on a large water reserve on Mars, and they want to pay Helios to fly them there and extract it. Uh, Karen says they want 50 percent of the water extracted as their fee. And it seems like they'll go for it. Did not actually agree. Why it's good to to be in the rooms because, like you know, if you're an Uber driver and you're driving someone across town to make a billion dollar deal, you don't get to like, well, now that I know that, but like this is a unique situation where Helios can really put it to the Russians. Mm -hmm. Do you think they'd get for fifty fifty? I feel like I, I wish I saw the actual negotiated deal. But the Russians, I, that's the thing. They act like they they are beholden to no one. But in reality, on this arena, Mars, they're literally beholden to everyone because they can't do shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they, I, they were not prepared for this mission. They don't even have a yeah. drive that can really get them to Mars. They had to steal that. Um, yeah, they're they're playing second fiddle to everyone here. It's funny because I kept on thinking back to other times, you know, um, you know, I, I read these fictional accounts of like, you know, the age of sail back in Napoleon times. And, you know, what would happen when you've got a ship that gets captured by a hostile nation, you know, and like, uh, how do you treat the prisoners of war? How do you treat the officers and their men? And it seems like there was a, kind of this unspoken thing. of like, well, if we got you captured while we're at sea. You know, we'll kind of like respect each other and we'll work together because the alternative is we confine you all to quarters. And like, I feel like the Russian is like doing this whole kind of like, well, you can't boss my men around and which is all well enough and good. But the flip side of that is you're supposed to show some deference to the Mm -hmm. actual commanding officer that didn't kick your ass and take your fucking boat. Because, again, like, I think Danielle's perfectly in her right to just confine these guys to their quarters for the rest of their mission. <laughs> just keep them locked in an unused airlock and feed them through a slot. And sure. there you go. So it's like, that's the thing that's bothering me is, like, I feel like the Russian is taking all of the advantages of the situation that he's in and being in complete denial of the disadvantages. And here in Helos boardroom, that is rectified somewhat. <laughs> Yeah, and I want I want to ask you here in a few scenes why you think that is because I have an idea, but I'm mm. not certain. Uh, they're they're okay. playing a little coy with that. Um, so Danielle hears something about the joint mission of the Russians and Helios, and she goes to the Russian uh, commander, but he won't give her any details. Uh, He's very dismissive and rude. This guy, v- very. Very, and that's going to be more interesting later. Uh, then we go over to Kelly, who calls Ed and tells him about all the technical problems they're having, and Ed's worried. He tells her 
he's going to be seeing her pretty soon um, because of this joint Russian mission, but he can't tell her about the details of it. Uh, I was I was wondering at this point when Kelly's talking about all these problems, you know, the CO2 scrubbers and we can't find water and and seeing the attitude of the Russian cosmonauts, if they might be sabotaging the NASA Habs in some way. Interesting. I didn't get that, but it would be. It'd be risky on their part because they're living in those Habs currently. But but if they know that this Helios deal is potentially on the table, maybe. Yeah, that they've got they've got uh, they've got their hand securely on another branch. They can afford to start sawing this other branch to fuck over the Americans. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Could be in a real politic kind of way. Um, and, and I also hate to see this tribalism coming between family members here. You know, a family is certainly a tribe too, but the fact that Ed wants to tell Kelly all this stuff, but he can't tell her because he's beholden to some corporate overlord really sucks. I thought, but I actually thought all this shit was overplayed. This is a military family that, mm-hmm. I mean, did, did Ed get pissed that Kelly kept the yo ho ho pirate sale thing to herself because that was a national security. Like, what is the deal? Both of you people were in the Navy. You know what operational security is all about. Uh-huh. Need to know and all that kind of stuff. I thought Kelly, like, putting a screw. Yeah, like, I thought that was all, like, the the reaction to being told, well, look, I can't talk about it. I thought it was all overblown, you know. I, I agree. Um, it's, I think it's slightly different because it's a private corporation as opposed to mm. a sovereign nation state. But, like, uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. When and you take it out of the context of the military, it's different. It seems she's a little bit more aspirational. That like she's like, well, we're oh, all yeah. in this together. We're in a survival situation. We're frontiering. We're homesteading. We, you know, maybe thinks that 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 the 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 the, the complete lack of borders between them in this hab is more important than the very real borders back on Earth. Mm-hmm. But she would be wrong. I mean, yeah, she can think that and she could be idealistic, but she'd be wrong about how that translates into their situation. Sure. I think her and Will need to get together and have a conversation because they could probably see I also eye think, eye on some stuff. I also wonder if Ron Moore regrets introducing Kelly last season because he secretly wants her to be like 23 years old. <laughs> he, he wants her to be like 22 years old and have like these spacey ideas and be moonstruck over this handsome Russian boy. In reality, she's almost 30 and she's been a professional scientist and researcher and astronaut for a decade and... Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's the carbon dioxide. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Getting loopy up there. A little lightheaded. Uh, all right. Will is working on the hab and Roland is assisting him, but Roland doesn't want to get too close to him now that he knows he's gay. And Will notices act- him acting weird and asks what's going on, but he doesn't say anything. It was funny the way that dialogue tree went where it's like uh, Will's like, hey, can you help me drain fluid from this hose? And the Russian's like, ah, oh, boy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's having a full on homophobic meltdown. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so he goes to Danielle and asks to be assigned a new partner because he's worried Will might have AIDS. I like his his worry scale goes just off the charts immediately. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah. And I'm Danielle denies it- his request, though. AIDS hysteria. I wonder if 
something changed to make because I feel like by the midnight, certainly by the time I graduated high school, of course, I was from Indiana, birthplace of Ryan White. We got mm-hmm. like, a, you know, a, a pretty front row seat about, you know, what AIDS can and cannot do and how it's transmitted and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like. um, I, I feel like that somehow this world is a, is a way far behind on that. And I'm not sure why. Like, I understand if it's like exactly the same. Like, I, I don't expect them to be more progressive. But like, it's not clear to me why in the mid 90s they're still or maybe it's a Russian. He, thing. I was going to say he's also Russian. So because the rest of the like Ed, like who is a pretty conservative guy himself, is like not sweating the vodka from the, the gay man. You know, yeah, and, yeah. like it might just be a Russian thing. You might be you, you might. Do you think the other thing I wondered is like the Russians relationship with his family seemed pretty stilted. Is it possible that Roland himself is closeted gay? I don't know. I had considered that option during the episode, but I didn't get any hint that that was true. Um, more that he was just a, a ignorant bigot. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I don't know. I've just been like my, my whole lifetime. It seems like some of the most ignorant bigots turn out to be closet gay sure and there's sure. politicians clergymen things like it that happens. like yeah. you know yeah you use that as a cloak to wrap yourself i can't possibly gay like how much i hate them all right you right. know meanwhile catch me at the truck stop uh tapping my feet under stall number three <laughs> yeah i i don't know it's always something i'm on i'm on guard for when i see someone this i, I felt the same thing with the vp like anyone that rolls in with this big a thunderhead about something like wow this has got yeah. this is some kind of personal connection, dude. Right. Why so riled up? Uh, the the thing that I was more worried about here is them being able to f- fix these habs or not because of their own ignorance. Like, they can't work together. They can't fix these habs. These are life-supporting devices that they absolutely need. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to die because of your ignorance, man. Fix this shit. Don't worry about... Like Danielle tells him, right? If we're going to die of anything up here, it's going to be because we can't get the damn base fixed. <laughs> Uh, any is that is that commentary about glo- uh, climate change? Uh, I didn't pick up on it, but maybe I suppose. Yeah, like you can't fix your environment. Ignorance. Yeah, all these other problems all don't matter. Spaceship Earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All breathing the same air, drinking the same water, shitting and pissing in the same seas and <sighs> lakes, and then drinking it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> all right. Uh, Danny sits and thinks about the family he doesn't want but has, and the family he doesn't have but wants. And he runs out of pills, so he goes to the medicine locker and steals some. And then Ed calls him aside to apologize for treating him like a child earlier and says that he's changing the protocol so Danny doesn't have to go back to orbit. It's another thing that could, another intervention that could have saved Danny. And Ed is Mm -hmm. gleefully overriding it because he thinks he knows what's best. Um, Yeah. And, and, And feels guilty about treating him like uh like the child he views him as it's uh, you, you definitely get yeah. that in his messages to karen that ed is all kinds of conflicted about mm-hmm. you know and i also wonder if that is i, I wonder how much of that is ed because i i thought ed well i don't know i did you would ed have landed that thing if danny hadn't been there if anybody else had been in the co-seat i really other than think maybe so kelly you i think, think so? he tried yeah I thought he really scared himself almost crashing in that mountain, but it might have been secondhand fear for for Danny. Um, the other thing I wondered is, like, what are Danny's calls back home to his wife look like? Oh, God. Yeah. I feel so sorry for this young woman and their, their newborn baby. Is he even baby. calling? I'm not even certain he's calling her. Uh, he calls his brother oh, at one God, point. he doesn't. But- 
if he does i mean they never show it they never show it and and i felt like he was trying to escape her i don't know why he would call back but Mm. that's a real dick move danny codeine tripping to another mazzy star song was certainly a mood and then you'll uh, notice that like he got the coding he re-upped on coding with Tylenol and he also got um what's essentially meth. It's oh, prescription perfect. meth that they you know, they even it out. They yeah, the uppers uppers downers. The downers. <laughs> yeah, this is um widely used to treat um A A H D H wait. Whatever. Okay. The hyper, I'm too ADD to know what ADD and AHDH stands for. Um, it's that. It also treats narcolepsy, but it's also, hmm. you know, seen as a performance enhancer, you know, because it increases your concentration, your stamina, and your duration. But it also makes one uh, moody, irritable, robs you to sleep. That's what he needs because yeah. he's not already those things. Yeah. This is not good. <laughs> And you know he's going to mix with Shinerbach. They get a little <laughs> alcohol into the prescription, so yeah, or or Pepsi. I don't know. That might be all they have up there. Um, mm. it, yeah, and with his anger problem already, I mean, he's naturally uh, sort of bent that way. So that'll be interesting. This all got to blow up sooner rather than later, I think. So Kelly and Peloton get it on in the the kitchen i don't know I, i'm not no more salads for me thanks after this incident uh, it's the swamp yeah, drain the, the swamp, swamp. <laughs> Get, yeah we 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 need to drain the swamp this is yeah you uh, need to open it up like an airlock and refresh that thing because ugh. Because uh, like it's funny because I was thinking when they're saying, do you think people will hear and they turn on the air cycle and there's all this thump? And I'm like, there's no way that's going to cover it. And then I was gratified to see uh, on the other side, the bulkhead, the other Russian scientists like, oh, Jesus, look at them fucking in the swamp. It's humid, humid and gross in there. Yep. Uh, Can't clean up. You're going to use that, your, a thimble of your precious half gallon to wash your right? bits. No, nah, right? I, don't, I, don't, I don't. It's like extreme yeah. camping sex. I don't know. Thank as you. Glamorous as you'd think. No, no, not at all. Um, so afterward, Kelly tells him that Ed can't find out about it when he comes to the hab. And mm-hmm. she asked Peloton about their joint Helios mission, but he refuses to tell her anything and she's pissed, which I mean, he, what'd you expect? You're going to you're going to use sex as leverage here. She I mean, thought Peloton she could does the, right the information out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some kind of red sparrow agent or something. <laughs> and uh, she was mad that she couldn't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, mm-hmm. Kelly seems a bit immature, surprisingly, this yeah. season, but. That's fine. Um, I've not seen people her have, have much flaws. of a love life, so. Uh, Ed arrives at the NASA base and he meets the Russian commander and says hello to his friends and daughter. Uh, he brought some spare equipment and snacks and they have a little Thanksgiving dinner. And Ed meets Peloton, who makes a bad first impression, but not for the reasons that Kelly was worried about. <laughs> It's actually it's the so exact funny. opposite. He, yeah, he goes a little like, overboard with Thieve. <laughs> Wait, da- daughter? Who? Who? I've yeah. never heard. There's oh, a woman the on this ship? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And yeah, Dan, or Ed just being, you know, what's so funny is because he was a big sexist pig two seasons ago, and now he's chiding the Russians about, and the real reason he's mm-hmm. not a sexist pig is because the Russians pressured him right, into right. accepting women into the program. It's... It's turtles all the way down on <laughs> on, on uh, Ed's hypocrisy here, but it's still a funny, really funny scene. 
Okay, speaking speaking of the sexism and turtles all the way down, uh, this Russian commander has a totally different attitude with Ed, which I, I'm not sure if he respects him more because he's a man or he respects him more because he's white. It's interesting because, like, I know the Russians, uh, the Soviets, I should say, mm-hmm. um, on the surface were very, like, you know progressive when it comes to racism and that's something that they really hammered the United States on the fact that um, and they openly encourage people to defect and move there's a whole uh, community called black Russians uh, that are literally black Russians Um, Hmm. I don't think it's a huge community but I would suspect there's not a lot of black folk in the mid 90s in the Soviet Union and they probably Mm -hmm. are you know kind of baseline European racist towards towards black folk because yeah. I think that, Dan- yeah, Danielle levels that accusation and she would know. Uh-huh. No, no I think he's um, a little bit dismissive of her because probably the woman a little bit and mostly the, the black part and the power. Right. Like, I think, yeah, he doesn't have a problem with his uh, female cosmonaut um, being on the mission, but she's not the one in sure. command. So I wonder if that if that were reversed, if she were in command, if he would resent her as well, too. I don't Although know. The it other thing seems is like, like the, the racism thing is more important here. Yeah, because the other thing, the the real smoke smoking gun is uh, the Russian cosmonaut department is ran by a woman. So his ultimate boss right. Right. is is a woman. So like, if he had a problem with that, yeah, no, it yeah. definitely feels definitely feels uh, like a racism problem. Uh, and I love their little beaker shot glasses. They're using any mm. means necessary to toast up here. I like the high Bob. I always love to uh-huh. get the podcast name still relevant. Uh, it's going to be a sad day when, when uh, Danny or Danielle and, and Ed, I hate fucking Danny for another <laughs> reason. I can't just call yeah. Danny, Danny, which is what she's referred to as most of the show. I got to clarify. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank God they're on the same lo- ship. Cause that'd be extra yeah, confusing. It'd be confusing. I really love the first idea of the first Martian Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that would absolutely be a date that celebrated. Um, and I like the, the, you know, they're taking all these, you know, these gourmet MREs and there's like Christmas apple pie. I noticed and I wonder if it was in, intentional. There was like a whole stack of potatoes, just potato roasts that no one took. And I wonder if that is like uh, extended the Martian goof. Like <laughs> okay. the, they're all grown. And yeah, shit. like there's yeah. this like conspicuously this this pile of potato uh, entrees that no one is touching because hmm. who the fuck would eat potatoes on Mars? Sure. That's that's pretty good. All right. Will does uh, another TV interview about growing up gay and it greatly affects Ellen who's watching um, her husband. Larry tries to talk her into making another personal sacrifice for her political career but then comes up with the idea for essentially the don't ask, don't tell policy. And it doesn't help will because it's too late for that, but it's the best they can. uh, She thinks that they can do right now. And it probably is given the political realities. That's the interesting thing. I know that the Clintons and I'm not their biggest fans myself. get pilloried a lot because of the, um, seems to be clearly hypocritical stances that they took. You know, the, the, uh, Bill Clinton was the author of the don't ask, don't tell uh, policy. Um, and here they take it to the extreme. It's like, what if, you know, they were actually gay people intimately aware of all the problems. And this is still the best that they thought they could do because it's tempting. Like the, this, this was a bold uh, thing that pissed everybody off at the time. 
and it was a horrible compromise. It's going to set up a big political fight in the future, but it's also the best thing you can do at the time. And it's also it reminds me of that scene we, we watched in Lincoln, which is wild. We recorded a podcast mm. two months ago. It's not going to come out for another two, two months. <laughs> right. the, the Daniel Day Lewis Spielberg Lincoln and Tommy Lee Jones plays a very progressive, radical um, abolitionist. And at the end of the movie, they get the 13th Amendment signed and he's pilloried by the more progressive people in his party. And he says something like, yeah, this is a half measures this, this, but also ends forever the detestable institute of slavery. And I want to sleep really well knowing that that is going to be the legacy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like if you say that, if he, he teleports into the 1960s and says that to civil rights leaders, they're probably not. But like. That's the thing about politics, man. What what seemed un, uh, unthinkably progressive 30 years ago is going to be insanely head in the mud uh, or head in the sand, backwards thinking 30 years hence. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the idea of, of not letting perfect be the enemy of good. And they can do a little bit of good here, right? Um, it can keep a lot of gay people from being discharged uh, for, uh, summarily from the military. Um, allows them to serve their country. They, sure, sure. I mean, they, they right. definitely trade-offs there. Um, it's not a perfect solution by any means, but it's what they can get done right now. It's the shield that they can give the people who are uh, hiding their identities anyway already so that they can at least live some kind of life that they want to live in the military. But unfortunately, as they point out themselves in the scene, it is going to completely fail to do anything it's not going to shield will at all because yes. he is the one that stepped out and he's already out of himself right it's funny because he's the he's the lightning rod that caused this like half step in a progressive direction but he's going to pay the ultimate price and, and bear 100 percent of the the burden yeah uh, yeah he's gonna be a martyr well, for his cause and that's sometimes what's required a lot of the time what's required yeah yeah you can you can be authentically who you are you can serve your country pick one Sure. All right. Sergey brings Margot more requests from the Russian space administrator, then causes a scene to secretly write an equation on her record. And from that, she figures out that the Russians have found liquid water on Mars. And she tells some people, including Aleda, who charges off to tell Danielle. I looked at this formula and I'm not going to fucking do math. I, I, I helped my son through algebra during the pandemic and it almost <laughs> killed me. Uh huh. And I'm planning on never to do math again in my my entire life. Uh, I think if you do the math and reduce this formula, you're going to come out to something that equals uh, H2O. Okay. It looks like I squinted and it looks like if you reduced everything and put everything on the right side of the equation, E would equal uh, H2O. Sure. I don't know. Regardless, M M Margo did do the work uh, and she got liquid water as the result. Um, also, I thought it's also um, if you don't want to do the math. And you count the tracks and where um, uh, Sergey put the needle drop. It was right on the Aquarius track of Mary Lou Williams trio. <laughs> okay. The Zodiac sequence. So I think there's different ways you can get to that hint. But uh, Sergey find a way to fight back. Yeah. Uh, and I'm with Elena now. F fuck these guys. NASA saved their lives and their honor. And they are it's returning that with... Uh, secrecy and betrayals of their own so might we want to run up the flagpole the decision to tell the base commander that the russians are you oh know, of course might, might but i mean the flagpole standing through. there right when aleda's like 
running off to tell the commander. So if the flagpole uh, wants to do something, she can. <laughs> but is the flagpole morally compromised because of her? <laughs> yes. da- yeah, that's the thing. Totally. And, and even like I said, even if she runs it up uh, Margo's flagpole, like Margo still has a boss. Yeah. It's Ellen. It's probably the DOD chief, too. Like, I, yeah, I thought this was, I, I thought it was wild that she just ran off and did, and, and no one stopped her because, like, there's sure. implications, there's political implications. Uh, and this show has often dealt in, like, what do you tell people versus what do you not tell people to manage these political realities? And it felt jarring to, uh, you know, it's, it's another, I haven't felt this way since the first episode. A little bit of a narrative shortcut or a little bit of them, maybe th- we've seen it so many times, they're just like, oh, you're just going to roll with the punches. But I mm-hmm. thought it was rash. Oh, yeah. It's definitely that. Uh, and I was surprised how mild the reaction was, too. You know, Danielle's pissed, but like, She's just yeah. She doesn't gonna, airlock anybody, <laughs> right? Yeah, she's not confining, but she's just she's just going to tell people and another thing and another thing and another. But it's yeah, it, yeah there's no, uh, there's no well thought out political answer to it. Mm-hmm. All right, then we go to the combined NASA, Russian, and Helios crews all partying in the NASA habs. Will drinks from the bottle of vodka directly. And Roland refuses to drink anymore after that. Will notices and goads him into saying what he really feels. And they get into a brief fight, which Danielle puts a stop to with her newly discovered information about the liquid water they've found. I was so worried in this scene and not for the confrontation between Will and Roland and the fight that ensued. I was worried about someone getting drunk and puking in space. Now, I know it isn't a zero G situation, but puking in space in an enclosed hab is a bad idea, regardless. Mm. The smell. I, well, can they even tell? None of them have showered. I was going to say. I was they about all to say. <laughs> yeah, this is just God. Yeah, it just but it add would be, to, the, to the pulpery, right? It would make it a lot worse, and it would also dehydrate the fuck out of you. Oh, that too. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. just drinking, whether you puke or oh, not. Oh, God. You're going to try to treat a hangover on a half gallon of water? Right. Oh, man. Oh, it's going to be <laughs> terrible. Yeah, bust, maybe have Helios bring you over some of those uh, methamphetamines cause, and some of those opioids because you're going to need them. I wonder if there's something that Danielle's like communism, capitalism, a match made in hell. Obviously, the Russians don't collapse because of, you know, Ronald Reagan runaway defense spending. Um what is going to cause and but but they also are still going through what appears to be some kind of glass nos type of situation with Gorbachev. I wonder mm-hmm. if this is going to be the impetus of Russia getting dipping its toes more into capitalism. You know, the fact that they're in bed with Helios yeah. and yeah, I wonder if that's going to bend them a little bit closer towards the arc of our our reality. I don't know. We haven't seen much insight into the Russian culture over the over there in this show right they're like, true blue they're true blue at least the russians that are in the, their cosmonauts are true blue believers in the immortal science of communism for sure definitely yeah um but like how how is their society operating um what are their political mm. leaders thinking and doing in any given moment KGB are still runaway crazy assholes oh yeah yeah but we're but leaning right. on a lot of like stuff we we know about the the soviets from that era Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen any follow on effects. So I I'm curious. I'd like to have maybe more of an insight into what they're thinking and doing over there. How they're yeah, also um, 
the defector's reaction. What'd you say his name? Roland. Roland's uh-huh. reaction is also like you, you, we go back to revisit the Danielle and, and Will conversation. This is like completely lacking in intersectional analysis because it just immediately centers on him. Sure. I was betrayed because yeah. you're a fucking liar. Well, why was he fucking liar? Like if he if he was honest about who he was, you would never have met. You would have never been on a mission with him. Like mm-hmm. there's not even like a first object like thought of objection. It's just all like, oh, my God, I'm so afraid I'm going to get space aids. <laughs> and uh-huh. this guy somehow contaminated me with his gay. Um, so it's, it's like as 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 disheartening as the conversation with Danielle is. This is even more so, especially since they appeared, yeah. appeared to be very close. That's the thing. Point. Yeah, this immediately just ruined what I thought was a beautiful friendship. Which in Roland's mind is even deeper betrayal. Because yeah. mm-hmm. um, again, he can't help but center it on himself. After the party, Ed apologizes to Kelly for not telling her about the water. And she's excited about the possibility of discovering life in that water. And says that she needs to be a part of of this mission because it's too important of a thing to not be a part of. I thought there's a maybe some conflict in the future because the way Ed talks about these water samples and like, well, don't worry, we're not going to drink any of the water if it's if it turns out there's already light. Will they really? Right. I think if there's some kind of Martian amoeba, uh, that Martian amoeba gets immediately wiped out in in pursuit of drink uh, of drinking water. Uh huh. There's no way. There's no way they respect. We don't respect our pristine environments on Earth. What the hell? Are you going to do it on Mars when it's a survival like that? And that's just for our comfort and and luxury. I mean, it like is Mars, such a massive foothold. Like to actually gain a foothold on another planet, you almost need to find something like this. And there is no way the dev is going to give up that foothold if there is some kind of organism in this that is deemed to be alive. Right? He's. Yeah. He's either not going to tell anybody and just go ahead and drink it um, and use it, or he's going to kill it intentionally. Yeah. And for some reason, I think, especially in online lefty circles, they act like the Soviet Union is this bastion of like environmental protectionism because they don't have the profit motive to, you know, uh, mm-hmm. destroy yeah. their. Pr- but like, you're all aware that the Russians evaporated an entire sea in their border. Like, America's done some fucked up shit, but like, what if they made Lake Michigan disappear? You know, hmm. Russians did that. Like, you know, those scenes in Half-Life with the what floaters. Is like, I, I've never heard of this. Yeah. If you if you Google R-L-C, A-R-A-L-S-E-A, you and, and go to image search, you will see side by sides comparisons of how they have just, you know, evaporated this this inland sea. So how they do I, just I open think, a microwave and point it at it and leave it on full. It, no, I mean, it wasn't. No, I mean, it's the same reason you do anything. You're just using up a resource. You're using the water for oh, other things. Okay. You're damming it up. You're I thought you this, literally meant evaporated. It and I'm like, wait, no. yeah, and, and like a just to piss off Catherine planet. Uh-huh. And it's, yeah. it's similar to what's what's happening with the Red Sea as well. Like, you know, you're you're mm-hmm. using it up and, and developing its potential. Yeah, it just I, I'm just saying that like, um, it, you don't need necessarily a profit motive to destroy your landscape. You just need to, to, to feed and water a, a shit ton of people beyond your means. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah, we're dealing with that here. We've we've done it to lakes yeah. and rivers. We just haven't stepped up to seas yet, I guess. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And I, it's not to say Russian uniquely bad, America uniquely good. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm just saying that, like, if you think that the you know that that uh, being communist or socialist and anti-capitalist would meet make you respect the environment it's not the case yeah but this is why i think that uh will and kelly need to get together and have a conversation because she's very like 
you know, hope, hope and uh, altruism and yes. excitement about this new frontier and what it could mean for their civilization. And I think Will is too from a different angle, but yeah, I think they have a lot in common. And it's it's not for nothing that they are some of the younger people on this mission. I think you're I think right. In fact, I was a little surprised out. that we didn't see Kelly being the counterpoint of everybody else. So like, you know, I don't think Danielle is like personally squicked out. She's just pissed that it's jeopardizing our mission. Uh-huh. I think the Russians feel what the Russians feel. And then they've, yeah, like, uh, I feel, I, I agree is what I'm trying to say. I think Will would have a friend in Kelly. And I was kind of surprised that they didn't have a scene like that, but there's plenty of plenty of, plenty of season left. Yeah. All right, then we go to another uh, young astronaut who's maybe <laughs> not quite on the same page as anybody. Danny, watching another of Ed's videos to Karen where he sees that Ed's worried about him acting like Gordo was acting on the moon. And Ed wonders in the video if it was a mistake to bring him on the mission. So Danny punches Ed just on the screen. Breaks his hand, breaks the screen. I mean, it was a mistake to bring Danny. Yes. It's also a mistake to continually look at him through the prism of his father because they're similar but not the same. And I think Ed's doing things that he thinks would bring the old Gordo around and huh? it's just making things worse with Danny. I That's the thing. I can't seem... blame Ed too much, right? Because it did yeah. work with Gordo. Gordo became a hero by the end of that. It And yeah. it was exactly what he needed. And <laughs> It was a huge risk at the time, but it worked out. And Gosh, you're right. The confirmation bias. Like, Ed's like, well, yeah. if I had settled and done the right thing and not pushed, like, people would have died on the moon, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, he, he comes by a lot of this shit, honestly. Um, it just sucks because we know the behind the scenes, all the information, and we're just yes. like, yeah. It, it was it's a bad idea from the beginning. horrifying to us. But for him, it looked like a great idea from the beginning. So, yeah. Uh, I will say, he, this. did you notice this trackball that he's using? Was this like Track. straight out of the oh. 90s, this Microsoft trackball? Yeah, I they used gonna, to have one of those. I did too. Like in, and there's a lot of passionate uh, trackball supporters. And Was a it better the word, they saying trackball? Is a Logitech. I don't, Intel, wasn't that an IBM thing? I thought it was a Logitech that he was using. Oh, I thought it was a Microsoft. I had a Microsoft one. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, we had three. To, okay. I don't know, <laughs> but are, are, are they positing that in a better world we'd all be using trackballs? Sure. And Newtons, right? Like, yeah. The, the Apple Newton. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of technology. I think they have um, smartwatches on the Helios crew, too, right? Or some. I was wondering if that was something that everyone would have, or if they're suggesting this is how we got smartwatches. But it seems like some kind of like yeah. life monitor kind of blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Definitely a lot of tech stuff to watch here as we progress. Um, and then finally, Ellen announces the "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" policy. Essentially, she calls it um, "Uniform First." I think. Mm-hmm. Um, she announces that policy officially and also that Will is going to be discharged from the army on his return and Will leaves the habitat to take in the sunrise and then a guy that Larry is a little bit more of a pining last you know, yeah. melancholy less of a hopeful there I was am, a definite change Will. in feel um, mm-hmm. in this scene and I don't know if it's legitimate or if it's just you know contextually it feels different because I I think about it differently, but I don't and, know and what a lot, he's thinking. A lot can happen in two years. Just because the president's saying this now, 
sure like i'm sure like if he comes back yeah i it's yeah maybe he'll be a hero by the end of this the season yeah we'll see even more than he is for being one of the first people land on mars <laughs> right right uh, so then we get a final scene here where a guy that Larry is sleeping with and another of his friends talk about Ellen's policy at a bar. Um, and he reveals some information that he shouldn't have. And afterward, his friend makes a call to someone about it. Um, and that information is that he has... I, I think that information is that he has slept with Larry uh, spe- and specifically in the Oval Office at some point. Yeah. But that Larry's not, gay, right? He's not being careful and the wrong people are going to overhear it. I, I'm... I'm very confused about this scene because it feels to me like they these are old friends who are both gay who have like talked about this prior to this conversation mm-hmm. and both know that Larry's gay. Mm-hmm. I don't know why like the anything that he said would be such a shocking reveal. It, has this guy just turned opportunist all of a sudden and what he's like maybe recording him in oh, this scene? No, I think so. Like, okay. Did you notice that this guy that, that uh, you, Larry's lover was like his assistant in previous scenes? No. So like Larry's working with him closely at the oval office and, but uh, is the guy that he's I'll, talking to here? Not also gay. He is super gay, I think. And I think what they're talking about is they're both aghast at because they both know the makeup of this administration, that this is the solution they came up with. But then the one guy's like, I know I've known Larry for a long time. I guarantee not only was he okay with it, it was his idea, which is literally true. Uh And I think he's just being gossipy. I I don't think that he's calling like uh, a reporter or a government contact. I think he's calling a friend, but oh. he might be high enough in the government that his phones are bugged or people are listening or monitoring, you know, for things about the vice huh. president or not the, I guess, vice president, chief of staff, the president's safety. I think it's going to get out in that kind of, we're just, we're just, Ron Moore's telling me that this guy's highly, is already been warned that you got to be careful who you tell things to in Washington because everyone's listening and it's an explosive thing. I don't hmm. think he's doing it because he's a shit. I think he's just careless. Okay. And that recontextualizes I'm, things. I might think about this because this guy, if you're a True Blood fan, uh, you'll recognize Michael McMillan as Reverend Steve Newland. And that guy is a non-serious person who's a bit of a shit (laughs) and a bit of a careless idiot. So I might be taking some of that baggage into it. But that was my interpretation of the scene. Gotcha. I was very confused because I thought he was intentionally screwing over his friend and Larry. Maybe he is because he's a a gay man who's mad that another gay man has sold his brothers and sisters into this kind of like eternal closetude. It could be. A, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Be, I wouldn't yeah. rule it out. But I thought it was just more gossipy, and it's the gossip that's going to get okay. them. That's going to sink the ship. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but that's the the very end of the episode. That's the cliffhanger. Yep. What's going to happen? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm really curious to see what happens to the NASA settlement once um, Helo- Helios abandons it with the Russians for greener, literally. Well, I guess redder. <laughs> wetter wetter pastures <laughs> uh-huh and i'm really curious because like it definitely feels like we have another shoe hovering at orbital distance ready to drop uh like a like a sojourner uh <laughs> and crash land right in the middle of washington and just when is it going to happen yeah no no I way feel, i feel no like there's an Ellen octopus finishes. above us wearing shoes about to drop another seven on us honestly <laughs> yeah or you lost there's no way ellen's presidency survives the season I couldn't imagine. There's no way. Because this is like too out. many things. Too many things building up. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I don't know. Or maybe she does. Maybe that's where America takes its uh, heel face turn and it's like, you know what? We don't give a shit. But there's a lot of other things that seem like she's unpopular on top of everything else, too. The HE3 stuff, the sure seems like the political ineffectiveness of her administration. There's a lot, lot going on. Yeah, her her political power might be reaching its limits. And then if you throw in a personal scandal like this, uh, whether it should be a scandal or not. um, Yeah, she's very vulnerable. So that's well, that'll, it. That'll do it for our coverage this week. If you would like to send us some feedback, please do so. FAM for stands for for all mankind fam. Join the fam fam at baldmove.com to send us some feedback. And uh, we're hoping to get another feedback episode uh, uh, out. Uh, not a regularly scheduled, but an irregularly scheduled feedback episode. Uh, thanks to everybody who has sent in feedback. And thanks to everyone listening. We really appreciate it. Um, check out the other stuff we're doing at baldmove.com or follow us on Twitter at baldmove and we'll see you next week for the seventh episode lucky seventh episode when obviously the shit's going to hit the fan Mm. on For All Mankind Uh, until then I'm your host Aaron and I'm Jim see ya